Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Happy Saturday to everyone. I hope that your week has gone well, and I hope you're excited for this podcast episode. It is an adventurous one for sure. We're going to be looking at Jesus calming a storm and delivering uh, people from demons in an extraordinary way. This is verses 23 through 34, and the title is Jesus's Infinite Power. In verse 23, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Jesus had come down in the past context from the Sermon on the Mount, healed a leper, healed a centurion's servant. Into the evening, many had come to Peter's house where Jesus was ministering, and then Jesus was trying to transition away from the crowd, seemingly, though not certain, it looks like this is happening at night, which would make sense why Jesus was sleeping in the evening after a long day of ministry. But then what happens without warning, a furious storm comes on the lake. Maybe you've experienced this in life when storms come with that dramaticness where they're there in a moment. I've only experienced that, I think, once before, but it does happen, and Jesus is sleeping. Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. I wonder if uh, the disciples had seen the leper, the centurion, others beginning their conversation with Jesus by declaring his lordship. It was a common thing as Jesus was demonstrating authority from heaven. People began to declare his authority, his lordship, Uh, his superiority in the pecking order, the command line, and they declare, Lord, save us. What I love, though, they declare to him, save us, but they also right after tell him what's going to happen. We're going to drown. (laughs) He replies, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. I love this passage, and I love Jesus' response. I wonder what it would be like to be sleeping on a boat and to have disciples running and yelling in your face, Save us! We're going to drown! I love the calmness. And I really see, though it doesn't say, I believe that the complete calmness that was released from Jesus, through Jesus, by his word over the sea, the lake, was the same calmness that allowed him to sleep during a storm the same calmness that he looked into the eyes of his disciples and said, you of little faith. It was the peace that the disciples were being invited into caring and living in all of their days, a peace that only the Son of God himself could model in times of great difficulty. Verse 27, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus is unlike any other. He's a man, certainly. 
And he still retains his manhood. He's still in a man's body, though resurrected. He's still completely human, and he'll be so forever with us as we're bodily resurrected. But this man is a different kind of man. He is the first in a new family, the children of God, fully God, fully man, and he calms even the wind and the storm. The transition is unique because in verse 28, it it just goes to when they're on the other side. When he arrived at the other side in the region of Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. I just think of that phrase, no one could pass that way. Although it's not explicitly put in the text, many would argue that the furious storm was spiritual in nature. Now, we know the heavens and the earth were created by God. He is the sovereign ruler, but because he delegates out authority, I can cause the physical environment of my home and the spiritual climate of my home to be drastically affected. I can invite storms of anxiety and many things in because I've been delegated this region. That delegation goes out to humans and also spirits. We are in a world that's very spiritual. And just as Jesus has demonstrated, he has been driving out demons that were delegated a place or given a place of influence. But like Satan, the fallen angel who had had a third of the angels follow in his wake, we're constantly dealing with things around us, things in our mind, things in nature being affected by those who are evil in their delegation, who are improperly managing things. What's interesting is if the wind and the waves were just happening under a sovereign God and his authority direct, we know that Jesus wouldn't rebuke his father or the effects of his father. But when Jesus wakes up from that storm, there is a rebuke and a command for these things in the physical to become completely calm. It's interesting because though it can't necessarily be proven in the text, we'll see later that these demons really don't want to leave the region. They want to stay. And just as these men were so violent that no one could pass this way, I do believe that as Jesus and his disciples were on their way to them, the demons didn't want the Son of God passing their way. But even a storm, if demonically inspired, could not stop Jesus This moment of deliverance, Jesus will not be stopped from setting the captives free. Verse 29, What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Hear this cry of desperation. These demons that are possessing these men are speaking out through their own physical vocal cords and they're declaring even the truth that there is an appointed time for their torment. I want to highlight this, that throughout scriptures we see that God has set an appointed time where everyone, both spirits and humans that are not under and submitted to his authority will be completely destroyed. Not only that, there will actually be a torment inflicted on these demons for the ways that they had tormented others. And the spirits (laughs) acknowledge this and they say, oh man, is it starting now or is Jesus released to proactively begin it before that set apart time? And Jesus doesn't do that, but he does set the men free. Verse 30, 
Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Something that's horrible about spirits, but also good to know, is that spirits are constantly looking for places of inhabitation and partnership. The angelic or the spirit beings that God created were always designed one to intimately interact with God as the source and the center, the one to be worshipped and submitted to. But they were also designed to support and serve and interact with the created order under the authority of man and woman, the capstone and the sons and daughters of God. Now, even though that they have gone astray and rebelled against God, they're still looking for that interactive partnership. And because of their evil heart positioning, they're looking for mastery rather than service and a servant's heart. So the demons and other gospels highlight they don't want to leave the region. They ask to be sent into the herd of pigs is all we see in this Matthew version. And Jesus says to them in verse 32, go driving them out with the word of authority. Whoever sent you saying, go to Gadarenes, go to these men, I say a new word, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. What is the demonic always trying to do? What are evil spirits always trying to do? They're always trying to steal, kill, and destroy whatever gives them partnership or whatever gives them inhabitation. Some might say, Jesus, why would you allow them to kill innocent pigs? What's interesting about this dynamic, it's a picture of how God rules. God does have an appointed time to destroy the demonic, to destroy Satan. But there is a season in which their rebellion is allowed as a part of a larger narrative and story, a drama of God inviting us into a love dynamic forever, us being given a free will and a choice, even from the beginning in the garden, a tree of life, and yet a tree where we could choose to have a knowledge outside of God. He gives us a choice, and even today, with evil spirits still present, there's a choice to open up and to agree with them, or to open up and to agree with God and to follow him. In the nation of Israel, raising pigs, selling pigs, eating pigs was outlawed. They were an unclean animal, and this region not only had strong demonic influence, in a hyper-focused way through these men, they also had a lawlessness in which they were moving outside of the nation of Israel's laws. The God of creation had given them in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And though Jesus isn't into a bunch of animals being killed, it's an interesting picture of how though Jesus does not want destruction, there's a way in which he does allow, as we agree with Satan, he does allow Satan to lead us off of banks into water, into destruction, as Satan destroys us, but also destroys our sin. Why does death exist? It's a weapon of the enemy, but it also is even a way that God brings an end to sin. You can't sin forever. Your sin will end with you when you die. And so Jesus invites us into freedom here, but also demonstrates his Father's perfect governance that will finally be executed in total redemption, total mercy, on that appointed day that the demons feared. Verse 33, 
Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. It's such an interesting way that this story ends. You can see it in the other Gospels that it's reported. And what we get a picture of is a people that are not so much interested in each other and the eternal state of each other. The town blew past the demon-possessed men, not rejoicing, not thanking Jesus, not embracing the men, but rather asking Jesus to get out. They didn't want the norm to be challenged. They didn't want their pigs, their lawless uh, uh, economy to be uh, removed or compromised by Jesus' influence. And what a picture of us today, how we often hold so tight to so many things and in it. We kick Jesus out of our life and homes. We blow past others and don't celebrate what God's doing in them. And we reject the greatest blessing, the greatest source of financial provision, the one who's here to save and to heal. I want to encourage us today that Jesus is empowering you. Jesus is filling you. He wants you to be a one that will pass through to get to those in need. When we turn to help those that are demon-possessed, not only do we run into resistance when we're physically present with them, but oftentimes there's storms in the spirit that even sometimes manifest in the natural. But be of good cheer, be encouraged. The kind of man that you follow is one with infinite power. He can cause complete calmness to come, not only to nature, but to the minds and hearts of those oppressed. So may you be completely calm today. May all demons that afflict you be driven out with words. And may you be given words of power to go and to set the captives free. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus. Jesus.